This week's episode is brought to you by Salo. Salo is a talent firm focused on making work meaningful. How? Well, they connect experts in finance, accounting, or HR with organizations who need their expertise. Think contingent and project support. These experts get careers that are flexible and focused on the work they want to do. The organizations get talented, confident professionals who get things done. Why finance, accounting, or HR? Well, don't get me started on the importance of HR leadership, especially as we think about the future of work, workplaces, and talent demographics. Check out Salo at hellosalo.com. Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of ModernWell, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Jules. Steph. Hello. How are you? Uh, <laughs> good, except my allergies have been, which P.S. I didn't have allergies until I think I turned approximately 45, which oh, yeah. I feel is rude. Like just <laughs> among other things, right, that are rude about turning 45 and then 50. I mean, oh, girls. <laughs> so besides that situation um i can't believe that the summer has gone by so quickly so that is the other part that's just insane however i am excited to be in the second of our um two-part series with an organization and two leaders that i love and who could that be (laughs) zalo (laughs) zalo so we had we spent some time with Lisa, as you recall, and uh, Lisa Brazonic, who's the CEO at Salo. And so today, because this is just the kind of people we are, we were like, you know what? We need to bring in the founder, co-founder, the owner of this <laughs> lovely organization that is providing such wonderful services, certainly and especially now. Um yes to companies large and small and small. So we are super excited to have um, Amy Langer with us today. So excited. And I'm actually sitting next to her, like Mm. in the Studio Americana slash Modern Well podcast studio at the well at Modern Well. It's like, this is like, I think, have we had a guest here, Steph? No. No. You and Amy. I, have been Amy, you're the first. You're our <laughs> inaugural guest. This is the best day. <laughs> it is. It is for me, too. And for those of you who are like, wait, are they all sitting in a room together? No, two are. And one of us is uh, currently in her home office. So we are excited to have Amy here. And I know, you know, I mentioned Salo because that's really how I know Amy, like I said, as the co-founder and owner of Salo, but oh my goodness, 
Amy has done so many wonderful things. Another way that I know Amy is that Amy has uh, taken it upon herself with a few uh, cohorts to really be focused on women corporate directors, WCD, and bringing more women into boards, in particular for-profit boards. And for those of us in the business community, we know that there are not a lot of women represented on those boards. Um, I am proud to say that Amy is in fact represented um, on boards and she is paying it forward by finding ways and opportunities to bring other women along. And so I'm not gonna steal Amy's joy other than to simply say, um, I think you will hear in her story that, you know, co-founding and owning a business that you've created from scratch is a thing. Um, and Amy can talk about that. But Amy's ability to balance that with so many other things that she does in the community with other businesses um, is something that I am excited to hear about in more detail and certainly excited to share with all of you as our listeners about this ability to do the things you love, be successful at it, get at kind of all the things and it may not all happen in your day job. So Amy, welcome. Welcome, Amy. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Stephanie, uh, for that wonderful introduction. And I can't wait to hear Lisa's uh, podcast. I'm sure she was wonderful and brilliant as always. It's Amazing. just been wonderful um, to have her excel and do all the great things that Salo is doing now. It's been a pure joy. We loved Lisa and we love you. And now we're excited to hear your story. <laughs> so where do we start, Steph? Well, first, let's start with this. Amy has a Modern Well connection, right, Jules? Well, Amy is a founding member of Modern Well. Thank you. Thank you. We met pretty much because of our, our husbands knew each other and just kind of from the Jewish community. And I had the privilege of hearing Amy speak at Temple Israel. And I think it was around High Holidays or... The Friday night. Oh my gosh, it was the Friday night yes. of one of my kids' bar mitzvah. Josie, yes. Yep. And Amy told her story about you know becoming a female founder and and finding her way and and her childhood and what motivates her and her her whole success story but Amy is very very humble as you will hear i love the combination that Amy brings there's a humility but there's also like owning her power and owning her worth which so many women i think struggle with i just remember sitting there listening to her thinking I I need to know her. I need to talk to her. I need to listen to her. And so um, when I was founding Modern Well, I reached out and actually asked her to be a part of our advisory board and it wasn't the right time. But what Amy has been to me is is really a mentor and a sounding board. And I know that at any point I can pick up the phone and she answers and we talk and we meet for coffee. And that's the other thing about Amy is that she's probably one of the busiest people that we know, but she doesn't make you feel that way. She makes you feel like you are the most important person and you've reinvented yourself several times. Um, and you're kind of in a reinvention period right now, right? As you change roles a little bit. So as we bring our guests into this um, reinvention world, 
we usually start with what reinvention means to you. Well, first of all, listeners, I can only ever go down from how Julie just filled me up. (laughs) So I hope to surprise and delight you. But um, I do have one of my biggest fans here, so that I appreciate. And when you did say, I have this idea, um, the passion and energy of which you came to me, I knew it was going to be successful. And that is easy to engage with. So congratulations on all you've done. It's been really, really fun to be part of it really fun. So thank you. So you guys sent me over this word reinvention. You sent me over this word and said, gosh, what does it mean? And I've been thinking about it since then. And truly, I don't ever feel like I've reinvented myself. I don't feel like I've changed out of something to something else. I feel like I've always been in a constant morphing, changing, growing, evolving, like It's always an evolution for me, Um, like continuous invention is how I would say it today. That's kind of what I was thinking about. Does that make sense? I love that. It's always taking, for me, it's always how do I take the components, where I am today, what is going well, how do I emphasize that and get away from the things I don't like as well or that aren't going as well and then how do I lean into what's going well and that's always been my trick it's like if it's hard or feel stuck or something I take a pause and say I need to change this wow (laughs) (laughs) it's so easy it's not that easy (laughs) one of the things that we've heard people say Amy it when they're because evolution Mm-hmm. As, a, as opposed to necessarily reinvention has come up a lot. But I wonder, is there some kind of consistent thread across that evolution? Like, have you focused on one mission or goal or passion or something that links it all together? That's a really great question. Um, on the fly, I would have to say, I realized um, early on that I have the ability to create a spark in other people and the ability to connect people. And when I'm doing that, a lot of really great things happen. And I think that's been my thread. And there was a time where I really realized that, and that was really at KPMG, when after I'd flunked the CPA exam two times in a row, like literally flat out flunked it, when all of my peers were excelling with, you know, great numbers and doing well, all of a sudden I was like, ooh, this is harder for me. This technical component of what I need to have to be successful is harder for me. So what isn't harder for me? And what wasn't harder was being on a team. Clients enjoyed me. I was really good with them. I was in really successful rooms where people enjoyed being together and I was able to help inspire and that became clear. And so it's like, how do I do more of that? Still not throw away my accounting background, but how do I do more of that? So that's just kind of an example of, it's sort of being intentional, but it's also just being aware of what's easy and hard in your life at a particular point in time. And that changed my life. Flunking the CPA exam twice in a row when all my peers were (laughs) passing it was like, oh my gosh, I've got to pivot here. 
because I want something that's a little bit just more in flow for me. Not necessarily easier. It was just more in flow. Now, I did finally pass the CPA exam (laughs) on the third try, finally. (laughs) But it took some extra work, but I was, like, determined, and that was, it was fun. (laughs) I mean, changed my life. But that says, I mean, that speaks volumes, right? Like, the quote-unquote failure, right, that everyone is so terrified of, and, oh, my gosh, and, oh, my gosh, I failed, and I'm ashamed, and, and all that. It sounds like it really kind of fueled you and directed you toward kind of more of your real calling. Yeah. And I think that happens often Mm -hmm. if I'm aware, if you're aware of, oh, this is hard. Why is this hard? What do I need to do to change it? Um, I know some people say like, oh, of course you can change what you do every day because you own the company. Well, I would say that's not true. (laughs) You know, you get in constructs. (laughs) People need you just in lots of different ways. But every time I'm just more aware of what I'm doing and what's in flow and what's in not, I just try to do more of what is in flow and try to get away from what is not. And that takes little shifts that become then bigger shifts in my life. Yeah. So it's not a avo- it's not avoiding what's hard. No. But it's recognizing and and I mean you fought you fought through it. You passed that exam, right? That was not <laughs> easy. Right? Like like you could have said, "Okay, you know what? Forget it. I I'm not going to do that. I'm going to completely just But so what made you go back for like like you Well, I was not going to fail you- anything. <laughs> That was clear. I might have taken it a hundred times, but I was going to pass. That That one was like, okay, buckle down. I mean, I was uh, prior. I was always fairly good academically. I never had to study much, and this I realized I had to study. (laughs) Like you actually have to put in the hard work Uh to get a good grade. (laughs) Hmm. Uh Imagine how that goes. (sighs) Yeah. No, I think that's interesting because I think that that. I mean, even I find myself struggling sometimes with thinking like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not great at this part of the business and I really don't actually want to do it. But sometimes, and I want to do more of the things that I am good at, but I still have to do the things that make me cringe. Well, what I would say, Julie, is how do you solve for that? How do you do less of it? this year than you did last year. And if you continue to solve for that, then eventually you will be doing less of that. Mm -hmm. And so what what that might mean is I need more members to be able to hire somebody to be able to do that work. Or it might mean um, how do I shift other people's responsibilities to do more of those great things? Um, Or it might be you just change your mindset around that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I go, oh, you know what? This is a joy <laughs> and be able to, because I would say if you're doing more of the things that you feel naturally good at, like really great things will happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so when you start to shift that, and it can be little by little. Okay, Amy, but I'm, I'm, here's my question to this point of shifts. How do you know when you need to shift, AKA do something different versus this is just hard and it's a challenge 
and that's good for you, right? Like, because I think sometimes when we're in that space of maybe it's time to do something different, it's hard to figure out if I just need to get over myself and just plow through, or if it's, you just need to, this is not your thing, you need to shift into something different and that's okay. Like, I think sometimes we get caught up and I got to keep moving versus maybe this isn't my thing and I need to go a different direction. Well, Stephanie, I think that's a really great question. I have become, I have become over time more and more intentional about this work where when I was 22 and that story I just told you, it just sort of happened. And for some reason, I don't know why I examined what I was doing, but I did. And I think at that time I was just so scrappy and wanted to succeed and kind of get away from my uh, childhood so much that it was like, I've got to do something that I'm naturally good at. And that's just sort of how it, how it flows. But now I'm very intentional. Um, at least once a year, I sit down and I've, I started this years and years ago where I start to write what is going well, almost like a checklist. Like these things are in flow for me now. And then these things are not. And they, it, and I go through it and sort of say, ooh, how can I do more of that? So when you say, when should I plow through and when should I, when should I like change, change trajectory? I don't think everything is that binary. I think a lot of things are, how do I appreciate what is going well? I think sometimes when we're stuck, I know me, when I feel stuck, I feel like I'm stuck in every every realm. And sort of this inventory of, actually, what am I grateful for? What is going well? Where am I absolutely excelling? Um, and kind of mark all of those down. And then what are those things that just aren't in flow. Maybe I've outgrown them. Maybe I used to like them and I don't like them anymore. How have I shifted over this year? Um, and especially in these last two years that we have all lived through, there are so many shifts, whether it's the great resignation or if you, how many people do you know who have bought a house, sold a house, bought land, sold something, moved, done something just incredibly different? The amount of change that we've lived through are kind of testing all of us to redo it. And so if you have something to go back to, to not say this is working or this is not working, but for me, it's like, ooh, what is working? How can I do more of this? And so I know sometimes people come to me and say, oh, I need to change jobs. Tell me why. And they talk about all the things that are going wrong. And I'm like, well, what about what's going well? And sometimes they really can't even come up with something. I'm like, ooh, maybe spend some time on what is actually going well too because that's where I would kind of shift you from here, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, wa- walk us through the Salo story. <laughs> the succinct version, the longer version, whatever, whatever you're feeling. But, and, you know, not that we need to go way back but I think I think your childhood did you know form your your path and so can you just can you walk us walk us through your path your path forward I will so 
I will start back. I grew up on a dairy farm in southern Michigan, and I have a twin brother and a younger brother, and it was really wonderful um, for a period of time. In the 80s, we're hard on many farms, including ours, and in a period of a year, uh, we had lost our farm. Uh, my dad had left, and we were really in a period where my mom went to work outside of the farm for the first time, supporting three children. And so it was clearly a huge pivot point in in our lives and a huge pivot point for me. And so, again, this was a time where I, now that I look back, it's like, what did I do? I'm like, I looked at what I was really, really good at, and I was academically fairly solid, and I said, I've got to get an education. And so there was really no money for school, but I worked incredibly hard to for scholarships, financial aid. I worked probably 30 to 40 hours a week um, all through my college experience. I worked extra. <laughs> well, I worked way more than that during the summers to get through in four years. And um, I knew I wanted to be in business. And somebody said, well, an accounting degree, you need if you want to be in business, learn the language of accounting. So I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And then someone said, if you have an accounting degree and you do fairly well, you should work for one of the big firms. I'm like, what are they? <laughs> and lo and behold, so I'm grateful for KPMG. That's what brought me to Minnesota. Went to school at Michigan State. And um, so that was awesome. I mean, I loved KPMG. I loved the learning, the smart people, the culture, how they even how they treated their alumni and how you knew you were sort of part of it. And, you know, kind of, as I said, the, the uh, CPA exam was sort of a, one of the pivot points um, because I started to see people excelling in ways I did very well there, but I was doing well because people wanted me on their teams, right? Mm -hmm. And I could see other people doing well because they were just so technically gifted and could understand the nuances. And so that's when I took that inventory again and just sort of said, how can I do more of what I like to kind of continue to stay ahead? Um, and that's when I went to a staffing firm and kind of went on the sales side. And that work is fun for me. It was just fun. <laughs> um, I really got to excel in different ways, um, use my accounting background, but develop, you know, leadership and work with people. So that was really great. And, you know, that experience just sort of led me to, I love this work, but I don't necessarily love the culture of where I'm working. That's also where I met my now business partner, John Folkstead. Mm -hmm. So we had worked together there, and we were on a plane one day, and he said, what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. Um, I don't think I'll be here long term. I won't retire here. And he's like, hmm, maybe we should do something. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> maybe we should do something turned into what you guys know as Salo today. Mm -hmm. So in October of 2002, we started Salo with the idea of we value the relationship over the transaction. And in a, in a business where you're only dealing with people, I mean, our only assets are people and our relationships that we have. And this is easy to say, like, I'm always going to value this relationship. But when you're in the heat of the moment of how do I get this deal done? How do I get this deal done? Um, you can 
you can make short-sighted decisions. And I'm proud to say that Salo still continues that. Um, when I'm talking even with new salespeople, they'll say those words to me. And that matters a lot to me. How it's done matters just as much as what is done. So we took off like a rocket ship. Mm. You know, in seven years, we were $47 million in revenue. Which in seven is years. in seven years. It was crazy. <laughs> From a conversation on an airplane. Are you listening, listeners? Are you listening? <laughs> it was crazy. And in that time, I'll throw in a little uh, personal. Um, after nine months into the company starting, I had my first son, Max. And then two years later, I had our twins, Hank and Logan. So in the first 36 months of the business, I was pregnant 18 months of those. If that kind of gives you some indication of the craziness in my life at that time. Where's Bruce? (laughs) Bruce was amazing. Bruce, my husband, and has been so supportive and grateful. And we've had just a wonderful partnership over this time. And obviously, obviously, I couldn't do it by myself. So we grew fast and furious. Those times, I would say, are renegade, crazy, just it was exciting. It was exciting. (laughs) It was also so stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I started the company, I was 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I hadn't experienced a lot of what was happening. And I clearly hadn't experienced being successful to that degree. And the media loved us, Mm -hmm. you know, and we were winning awards. And I would say we were trying our best, and yet uh, there's definitely lots of things I would change about that time. It was fast and furious and fun, but the recession caught us, and it kind of caught us flat-footed, and I would say that was a really tough time in Salo's history. I would say it's a tough time in my history and John's as well. We were not getting along that great. We were blaming each other versus blaming what was going on versus just dealing with it. Um, The business dramatically dropped 25% a year over two years. Um, And so all of a sudden we had found ourselves from what we thought was this amazing ride to, is this going to make it? And we didn't know. So we had to double down. And that's another time you kind of take this inventory. At that time, I would have told you, like, I feel stuck. I don't even like this. Like, Mm -hmm. get me out of it. Mm -hmm. And if, and I was spending too much time thinking about what was bad about it. And um, John and I got a coach and we started thinking about what is good about this and Mm -hmm. how, instead of getting back, Our big breakthrough was instead of talking about how do we get back, we started talking about where are we going into the future. Mm. And that shifted it. Um, One, we also put in our first advisory board. So getting outside perspective and really things you did first (laughs) that were amazing. (laughs) That took us a long time (laughs) to figure out. And then we also did, don't laugh, but our first real official strategic plan. Mm-hmm. where we started to articulate what are our values. We started to articulate what does matter to us in words that people could repeat. And I would say all of that was really there from the beginning, but we didn't know how to talk about it. And creating that foundation to be able to talk about it kind of permanently shifted. And you know, from there, we've had amazing growth. And one of the things we put in that plan so many years ago, so that was, what, 2009, 2010, 
we put in the idea that we would have Salo being professionally run. And so to kind of bring it back to um, Lisa taking over as CEO and the team doing so amazingly well, that was actually put in motion back at the time where we were stuck. And it was, how do we now create an intentional path forward that would allow somebody to be able to take this on and allow us to grow beyond where we are today? Wow. I I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are feeling that way right now, right? Like, like, you know, the recession, you know, COVID. I mean, there's so many companies that are, um, I mean, you know, it's like, it's great when it's great, right? (laughs) So fun when it's it's great. (laughs) It's great. Everybody's getting along and the money's coming in and you're like, woohoo, right? And then when it's not, and you're kind of like, oh, wow. I mean, it, 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 it's, you really got to dig down. And I love the fact that you realize that sometimes you do need to bring in some help, right? Like sometimes it's like, it's kind of like in a relationship, right? When, you know, couples are, it's like sometimes like, okay, this is bigger than us. We can't get through this issue or these sets of issues on our own. Like we need help. And, and I love, I love that, that you and John, you know, even, cause I would imagine that there's a lot of relationships, you know, um, founders that that's it, like game over, right? Company dissolves, like a major breakup and it's just like, but I love, it could have happened, right? I mean, it could have happened, <laughs> but you know, I think we've always had the idea. We got into this together. How are we going to see it through? And Salo is very much a combination of both of us everywhere mm-hmm. you look. And it's it's not all what I've done. It's not all what he's done. But there is something um, about us together that really kind of creates something that's not singular but mm-hmm. plural for the greater good. Amy, you mentioned, you know, I know and Jules knows as well that there are a lot of things you do outside of Salo, um, especially as it relates to volunteerism. And so I just wonder, you know, keeping with this theme of intentionality, how does that work for you? So you've got Salo, you're moving right along. How do you decide what the extra volunteer work is going to be for you? How do you, cause I'm guessing you get asked to do a lot of things and you have to choose. What does that look like? I think about it in, in kind of three components of how I see sort of my professional life. This isn't my personal, cause if you think family and friends is one, so that'd be the fourth component. But if I think about it um, professionally, I think, what is my work with Salo? What is my work professionally for myself? Like how am I learning and developing and growing? So what organizations or people or where do I need to be for that own personal growth? And then third, what am I going to do for our community? And yes, you get <laughs> I get asked for a lot of different things. And I think I kind of always go back to those founding checklists of what is working for me, what do I need. Um, The boards that I've served on over time, and particularly Washburn Center for Children was my first nonprofit board seat. 
I was really young in leadership. I was a young, um, you know, CEO at the time. And by ex- I don't know who got more out of that relationship. That's all I'll say. I feel like I worked incredibly hard on that board. And I think they would say um, I gave them a lot, but I also feel like I got a lot in return. So I don't think of anything as singular, I'm giving this. I'm also thinking about what what am I learning here? And so through that recession, when it was really rough at Salo, it wasn't rough at Washburn because mm-hmm. we were talking about the future. We were talking, that's when we voted to do a capital campaign to build a $25 million new facility during the middle of this recession. And that became hope. And so I think if I was only in my own company, I don't know if I would have been as well-rounded. I don't know if I would have seen other things. And so I always just see it as full circle. And I really try to look at where do I feel I can make the biggest impact um, given my current skill set and also given what's in flow, right? What do they need? What do I need? How, how does that, how is that helpful? And this, this might seem a little odd, but I also, I won't ever do what I can't commit to. And so that has forced me to kind of say no, like, mm-hmm. like to your advisory board, like I would love to. I mean, but I knew I couldn't give that time at that moment. So I don't know. Does that help? Totally. I think yeah. it is something that we, I know I think about it often, maybe I won't put it on everybody else, where there's so many things I want to do mm-hmm. and so many organizations that I want to be a part of, but I also want to be able to spend time with my family, eat, <laughs> sleep. And so it's, I just like to, to hear what other people are thinking about as they make these really tough decisions about where they really want to spend their time. Steph, I always think about it really truly as it's not just one I'm giving or I am taking. It's what is full circle. I was on our children's school board for a while, and that gave me another different perspective on how people show up at school and what they do and what they care about. And it was an organization, it's a Montessori school, and they really let this dialogue flow, flow, flow. And I was always like, get to the point. <laughs> like, why are we talking about this? And <laughs> I can just see again you. <laughs> and again. Now, these were conversations in my own mind because yeah. I am like, I cannot do it. And what I learned from that, it's like so much happens when you let that conversation happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have ever been as good of a listener. I don't think I would ever be as good as a board chair or as a committee chair now if I would not have had that experience where I see how people got to a new point by being taken through the conversation. And so it's just always like, oh, who knew that was going to come out of that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, hmm. And yeah. somebody said that to me the other day. They're like, wow, you're very diplomatic how you let people 
you know, kind of talk through it. And I'm like, I don't always have the best answer. And that is what I've learned. And I think the best answer comes from having diverse voices at the table. I think letting them talk. And many times, um, those of us that are a little overpowering end up taking over a conversation where what I have found is sometimes the quiet thinkers actually have way more brilliant things to say if we can pull it out. That's awesome. So, so Amy Langer now, you, um, I mean, so obviously Lisa is, is now the CEO. Um, where does that leave you? What's, what's your life like now? What, how has that transition been for you? Well, it's been up and down, to be brutally honest. <laughs> most days, <laughs> most transitions are. <laughs> most days, amazing, and some days just brutally hard. I will tell you that. Um, you know, I've always, I will always have stuff in my life. I know it will always be full because that is just how I like to live. And I think part of my work over these last couple of years is how do I maybe have it less full and just be a little bit more. So I'm working on that. Um, I've taken on a new leadership journey this year. I am um, chair of Health Partners, so chair of the board, which has um, been a really uh, fun experience, and I'm learning a ton. Um, stay tuned. I'll check back in and let you know what I'm learning through this journey. Um, but I've really had to strengthen different muscles of leadership than I had before, and so that feels really good. Um, I'm doing a lot of work with Greater MSP and specifically Forge North, which is the entrepreneurship ecosystem, and I really feel um, that we can make a difference there um, and really in our community around this base of entrepreneurship and how we can... um, yeah, just kind of make a difference there. And then the third, which Stephanie had alluded to earlier, is how to continually support women who are mm. capable and ready, um, how to just kind of help them realize that they're capable and ready for board service. And um, and also, on a side, you also have to let the some boards know <laughs> that there are women who are capable and ready and ready to go. So I feel like um, just how do I use my power of connection and spark to get people to think differently about what we need. So when we, I believe that when we see ourselves in others, we have more of an opportunity to succeed ourselves. So so when you talk about the challenges... (laughs) Like, is it just time? I mean, not just. Is it time? Is it being pulled? Is it like missing how things were? Is it what what are some of the challenges that this transition um, that you're facing in this transition? You know, I I loved running Salo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just great. I love the people. So what do I miss sometimes? Um, you know, I miss being in some of the rooms where a lot of the messy, fun relationships happen. Um, I sometimes feel like I just, I love when people get inspired to be better or to be their best. Um, And sometimes you don't see it directly, as directly anymore. So some of it's just indirect. 
um, some of its lack of control mm-hmm. <laughs> or a perceived <laughs> lack of control. Um, there's a little bit like that. Um, and some is just like, who am I if that is not if that is not my role? And so I think all of those things have played in at different times. What would it mean if I didn't have to get up at 4.45 every day to be able to work out, to be able to you know, make breakfast to get to the office by 7, 7.30. Like, that was my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of continuing to work on, does that have to be my identity? If that isn't it, um, what do I want it to be? And how can it be fulfilling? So that takes some time. Yes. And because this, ju- what, what's the, what was the timeline? Like, where... December of 2018 okay. is when Lisa was promoted, okay. and so we've had some time, but then, well, and then we, COVID, had a, right. we had a pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's throw, a, let's throw another wrench. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, reconstituted our board when that happened, and so really put in more of a governance board. Lisa reports to the board, um, and then John and I really as owners, we had to work on what does that relationship mean for the two of us in a different way, um, really working on, you know, how does she get response from the board? And then maybe we're not brought into every little decision of what's happening. And so, you know, the only analogy I have is you love your kids, right? Mm -hmm. You love your nieces and nephews. Yes. You can't have the relationship you have with your kids all of a sudden say, oh, it's going to be like my relationship with my nieces and nephews you know it's like Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. an arms like like it is yours (laughs) it's your baby (laughs) it's yours (laughs) and it's still your financial net worth it's still the 750 families that we employ it's still the reputation it's still everything that it was before um and so i believe this is allowing salo to be its better self I think this is awesome, and as long as I keep my eye on that and think of the long-term vision, all the rest of the stuff sort of washes out. But when I get caught up in one little thing or something like, what? How come nobody told me? (laughs) 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 Who forgot me? Then that's not so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that just is going to take some time. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm getting better. (laughs) I actually think the pandemic has helped. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to be in the office. Nobody's been in the office. Um, it's really helped for us kind of create that, you know, separate. Uh, I've been out of it. Someone has to call me to. I don't just hear things when I'm running around the office. And I actually think that that, that is very, very much helped Lisa and the team establish and go forward. And we've been able to be where we should be. I think it accelerated that Mm. growth. So advice for our listeners who are maybe in transition right now, maybe in a place of struggle, maybe are wanting a change, but don't know how or what to do. Um, You know, maybe feeling stuck. What, what, what would you tell what would you tell our listeners to think about to act on when they're in a place where they know that the status quo is not where they want to be 
but they don't necessarily know what 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 the next status the next you know chapter um, is for them. Well, I would say today is a big day. <laughs> it is the ticket to the rest of your life. It's a so really big day. So start today <laughs> is what I would do. Just start using that. Today's the day. Today's a big day. It's a, a huge day. day. <laughs> I I actually believe that most days. I think. Oh. I wake up every morning and I start with three things I'm grateful for. And then, um, and I do this with a couple of friends. We write three things we're grateful for and three things today will be a good day if. Um, it's just one thing that we've done. And it actually has completely changed my mindset. When you wake up in the morning, you go, oh my gosh, what am I grateful for today? What am I, I have to come up with three. I have to come up with three. And um, it's been really, really uh fun and it's also allowed me to be intentional about every day. And so I really do think every day is is a big day. If I when I'm stuck, the better I understand myself, the better I'm able to make a difference going forward. And so what I would tell somebody to do is go get a journal. Or if you need one, call me. I'm sure we can wrestle one up. <laughs> I'm sure I can get you a nice Salo journal. But if not, um, get something pretty or beautiful or ugly. It doesn't matter. But just start writing what's good, what's in flow, what do I love. And um, then turn back a number of pages and start writing why, why am I stuck. And you don't. it doesn't have to be like, why am I stuck? It doesn't have to be the big question. It can be a small question. It's like, this doesn't feel good, or I'm unsure about this. And then how how do you start changing those patterns for yourself little by little? Could you just change one thing? Is there one thing on that stuck page that you could get rid of? Is there one thing? And if not, how do you change your mindset around it? And that's where I would go. Like the better you can understand yourself, then then as you start to feel good about this is going well, okay, this is good too. You know, I'm a big believer in sort of setting out sort of a vision board for yourself or what are those kind of longer term. But I think sometimes people kind of jump to that before they really kind of take their own inventory. Mm-hmm. So it starts inward <laughs> and then you move to the action and if you if you can't see it go talk to a friend like start your list mm-hmm. talk to people you care about talk to people that know you and then also perhaps even those that aren't in your inner circle mm-hmm. but someone who's a little further off that maybe has always given you some um, sound advice before and say you know here's the things I think I'm that are in flow for me. Can you think of anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that sort of helps. I think people want the answer without kind of figuring out what is their part of the, being their own problem. Yes. <laughs> no matter where you go, you're always there. <laughs> well, you know, I think about, I mean, that exact advice, like I think about when I was feeling stuck and and knew that I needed something and Modern Well was was the spark and, and I didn't know you well but I knew that I I heard you and, and I saw a spark in you and and I remember you know coming into your office and and kind of laying out this idea and and you asked really good questions and 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 you were that voice that said like basically like yeah like 
move that thing forward. Like, you know, and sometimes you just, you just need someone to ask some hard questions. Okay. You need to think about this and you need to think, but, but the bottom line is like, go for it. <laughs> right. Like, no one else is going to do it for you. And that's kind of where I've been. It's like, if I want to make a change, I've got to be the catalyst. And how do I check myself? And then, then you're happier, mm-hmm. right? I go, listen, this isn't a one-time list either, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is an ongoing thing. And you'd be surprised at when you go back to it, like how often... Like some things move off of there. Some things that I really felt that I loved to do even three, four, five years ago, I don't love them anymore. And that's that's okay. So that's where this constant inventory is very, very helpful. I do it on my half birthday, September 3rd. It's coming up. Uh, it's coming up. So we'll. Uh, that's when I purposely do it. And then I oftentimes just kind of check back at it at different times throughout the year. It's my daughter's birthday. Well, I always find, like, do you do it at New Year's? Well, everybody does. You do a different version of that at New Year's. Do you do it on your birthday? Well, there's a lot of celebration going on. Like, it doesn't matter, but do it at a, do you do it on the New Year, or the Jewish New Year? Like, there's always, like, something, the start of the school year. Okay, I, for me, it was, like, pick a date, and then it's always there. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amy, for your support of Julie and I individually, your support of Julie and I collectively, um, and then all of the work that you've done in our community through Salo. Um, we're so delighted to have you here to share with us today and very appreciative for the work um, and the words that you have shared for our listeners, which I, I think that they will find um, very focused. I wrote some notes down that will put Uh, in our show notes, but really this concept of being in flow, this concept of intentionality and evolution are certainly my takeaways. Uh, So thank you for spending your time with us. You're welcome. It's been a joy. It's kind of, it's been fun. So thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.